And welcome to another episode of The Music Guys, the podcast about a couple of guys making a living in the music industry. My name is Al Rowe. I'm a singer-songwriter, producer, uh, guitarist, among other things, coming at you from the uh, East Danforth in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, on a dreary winter's day. Uh, my co-host, composer, guitarist, handsome gentleman, Mr. Michael Hebbs is on the line. How are you, my friend? I'm so good. Uh, voice is a bit tired from teaching, but you know, we're surviving. Yeah. Uh, You're going to make it happen. You know, it's, it's a winter thing, but uh, there's not really any snow. I don't even have my winter no. tires on, man. I know, I don't either. Actually, I have to book that appointment. They're like two weeks backed up. I tried to book an appointment. They're like, we there can't you see you till December 21st. It's like, all right. Uh, our furnace broke yesterday. Oh, that sucks. You're renting, yeah, though, uh, so that's a... Well, yeah, and I so I phoned my landlord, and uh, and within two hours we had somebody over here fixing it. So we actually got really lucky, because yeah. um, I was sort of bracing myself for you know two three days of just brutal conditions, or us going and staying like with you know my parents or Katie's parents or something. Yeah, um, yeah, but uh, you know what? We're very fortunate. It ended up being fine. There you go. So look at that. Um, yeah, we got a, we got a great show for you today, if I do say so myself. Uh, we're going to talk about mixing rules that I wish I followed better, slash I need to follow better. Uh, this is something that I sort of wrote down for myself to sort of, you know, remind myself to, 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 to stick to some of these concepts. Uh, the word rules is in quotation marks, but uh, I think this will be helpful to uh, some folks out there. So um, before we get into that, I'm going to uh, let you know that you can support this podcast by reviewing us on iTunes, sharing our podcast with your friends, um, and by uh, checking out our Patreon, patreon.com slash podcast. If you'd like to go there and show some support, we uh, would uh, greatly appreciate it. You can also send us an email, musicguypodcast at gmail. Dot com. If you want to get in touch, if you'd like to promote some of your own music, you could send it to us there. Uh, if you'd like to suggest a show topic, you could send it to us there. If you'd like to just ask a question, you could send it to us there and we will uh, read it on air. Um, maybe, you know, maybe, Unless maybe this not. this is weird. Yeah. Then we won't do anything weird. with it. But, but, you know, with our level of weirdness, I think, you you know, you got a, you got a high ceiling there. You got a lot of headroom, yeah. as it were. On, on weirdness, yeah, on the weirdness units, full scale, if you know what I'm talking about. Full scale? I actually yeah. don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't really know either. It's some kind of a mastering thing. Um, so let me ask you this, Mike. Do you have any sort of guidelines or rules or mantras or anything that you sort of try to do to ground yourself when you're working on a creative project, um, maybe not specifically like a mixing thing. Yeah. I know you're not doing a ton of that right now, but um, you know, maybe you know, in a practicing sense, or in a composition sense, or in a teaching sense, uh, or in a learning tunes kind of sense. Yeah. Is there any sort of things that you stick to that that have really helped you? Um, you know, through the years. 
Uh, one of them is the red light, green light thing you were talking about when I'm learning tunes, mm. which was on another podcast of ours in reference to uh, John Mayer's drummer, man. Um, Aaron just, Sterling. Yeah, just the idea that, uh, you know, you don't memorize things that don't need to be memorized. You know what I mean? Like yes. I, certain things, you, I'm going to butcher this, but you were explaining what he was explaining. Certain things are green light. And it's like, yeah, of course, in the moment, I'll play that fine. You know, of course, it goes to the four chord there. No big deal. Uh, but it's the stuff, the red light stuff where it's like, oh, fuck, if I don't pay attention, I'm going to botch this. It's like working on that. Because uh, I found myself like up until even this earlier this year, I would be spending like, I don't know, like three or four hours a day for like a week and a half to learn like one artist's, you know, 45 minute set. Mm -hmm. uh, and like, you know, maybe if it's a really big opportunity or it's a very specific band, that's a, that, that is actually a good idea. Like that's a, probably a healthy amount. But if it's like, oh, a looser thing and they're like, ah, yeah, just hop on this thing with me. And it's, you know, maybe an opportunity that, isn't bringing in as much cash because it's, and I'm not as, I'm not too worried about if they call me back again, you know, <laughs> I'll do a good job and they'll be super happy about it, but I'm not going to stress as much as if it's a, a really huge gig, which is, I guess, an unhealthy attitude, but it isn't. <laughs> if you're getting paid 150 bucks for a gig where you're like, oh yeah, sure, I'll help them out. You're going to give it slightly less effort than a gig where it's like, you know, this gig is going to change my life. Um, yeah, I think everybody kind of has uh, expectations around every gig or engagement that uh, that we get into. And as long as those expectations are, are aligned uh, across everybody involved, then you're going to be yeah. in a good spot. Um, you're going to so make them happy. I That's think everybody kind of gets that. Um, yeah, so it's just like, you know, just practicing what needs to be practiced and not, um, yeah, essentially wasting time. Uh, it's a strong word, but like essentially wasting time. No, it's, um, it's right. <laughs> practicing stuff that you're already good at, or like you're not gonna you're not gonna have a problem with this section of the song. Like it's very, it's you know, for lack of a better word, it's 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 predictable. Like you know, it it kind of just it makes sense <laughs> in the in the yeah. in the mind of a musician what to play here. Uh, and then there's the parts of the song that are like, whoa, that's a bit of a curveball. Yep. Those are the parts that, that you want to focus on. Make sure that you don't miss those. Um, because we can't, you know, use our musician treading water type skills to sort of navigate moments like that. Whereas, you know, when the verse is just one chord, four chord, one chord, four chord, it's like, yeah, we're going to be okay there. We don't need to, to stress too hard about that. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. It is a, it's a, it, it seems like, oh, just be lazy on the gigs where you're not getting paid as well, but it's not that, you know, it's like for a cover gig, especially a cover gig is a perfect example of this. There's just certain details that no one's going to care if you do them and no one's going to care if you don't, you know what I mean? So to do mm. them, you're doing them entirely for yourself and you need to, yeah, really clearly delineate that. I mean, in terms of other other stuff, yeah, I have some some rules for certain scenarios, you know. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, what uh, what rules are you referring to, Alan? 
Yeah, so these are some things that I've sort of come up with over the last little bit. Um, been mixing a lot lately. Which is good. Uh, pretty, pretty, yeah, it's pretty much all I've been doing uh, musically other than the odd lesson and uh, the odd gig here and there, but but no major uh, no major touring or, or you know, anything uh, of that nature. So the majority of my work has been, yeah, like producing, mixing, um, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I just, you know, over the years found myself just falling into the same traps and, um, and sort of uh, engaging in um, workflow and sort of processes that lead to, to uh, lead you into the cabbage, you know. The cabbage. You don't want to end up. You don't want to end up in the cabbage. I've never heard that song. expression. It's delightful. Yeah, you know, it's like you're like three hours into your mix. It's one a.m. You know, you got you got a five o'clock shadow growing on your face. Um, you know, bowl of Doritos next to you. Um. And uh, you're like, yeah, this mix is 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 cracking. It's great. And then you listen to it the next day, and you're like, what the hell was I doing? Sure. You know, uh, so you get lost in the weeds a little bit. You get you get into the cabbage, um, or you know, worse yet, you send it you send it out as a reference to uh, to you know people who um, who you're you know trying to uh, trying to impress <laughs> the people whose music it is or whatever. And then they come back at you, and they're like, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, it's you know this 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 uh, seems a little dark, or this you know vo- vocal's pretty quiet, or the you know this guitar is like kind of really bright or way out there, and you're like, oh man, yeah, um, you know, on second listen, this is way far away from from you know what I wanted to be, and and I kind of got lost in the weeds there. So um, hopefully this can kind of help in that way, and hopefully streamline. Uh, workflow as well too, so you don't get too you know sidetracked or distracted by any one thing. Because I think uh, one of the important things about uh, the creative process in general is to just sort of keep moving and not yeah. to get stuck on any one uh, detail or sort of area. Um, it, you got to keep moving, keep making decisions uh, at a pace that's yeah, you know, brisk. A lot of momentum behind what you're doing um kind of get into that flow state you know what i'm I talking agree. about i do yeah. so let's yeah. say it is a they should really rename it though because it's i hate that makes it seem too you know artsy fartsy uh to call it flow mm. state you know should go like okay. a science name right um yeah i don't know the um Neurological balanced state, just being effective state. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop. Um, so let me just start with this one. Rule number one, and again, I'll say rules are in quotation marks. You know, that this is not. There are no rules, but I think as guidelines, uh, these are things that have helped me. Number one, use your faders first sure use your faders first so uh i do have a mixed template that i work from so there are some plugins on there sort of by default and when i route everything in it all sort of hits various plugins that i just you know tend to use all the time uh and i think it's a a good starting point but then from there i want to be using my faders to mix the song not immediately jumping on and eqing compressing 
uh, different elements um, out of context, right? Sure. So get a good balance going. Get get you know everything sort of in place, and at that point you can hear. You can start to hear problems. You can start to hear, hey, you know this this uh, this instrument sounds like it's kind of competing with this instrument, and or the vocals kind of getting stepped on by this guitar, and maybe I need to sort of you know. Uh, take out some low end from this synth because I can't really hear the bass when the synth is playing, and like yeah. you start to, f- you know, hear the relationships between elements, uh, such that you can make decisions based on that rather than you know soloing up something and just being like, oh well, it sounds cool when I crank sure. a bunch of hundred hertz on this guitar, and then you bring it back to the mix and you're like, what am I listening to? You know, uh, <laughs> I'm sure we all have kind of been there. Like if you're in solo mode too long on a track and you're like yeah this is really happening and then you pop the mix back in you're like oh yeah you know it's like you know <laughs> um it just sounds completely different than how you remember it sounding and how you think it's supposed to sound uh you know compared to the thing that you're working on so get the mix happening first get the balances there then can start to actually solve problems with eq and compression rather than just sort of putting them on there for the sake of it Sure. Um, which kind of relates to the second one here. I'm going to go to the second one here. Don't EQ compress, distort, add effects in solo mode uh, mm. or whatever your your DAW. Um, so um, I will say that I'm not perfect. I use solo mode. You know, there's some some mixers out there that say you know they never use it. Um, and when I wish do you I was find like, you use it. Um. Well, I, you know, I wish I was Zen enough to like not have to use it but usually what i'll do is i will um i'll be well okay start the sentence again what i should do and what i'm what i'm trying to force myself to do is listen to the mix in context discover that there's a problem right i sort of you know sometimes you can just kind of hear there's like a a kind of like a lower mid thing sort of happening in a section now i'm not you know, I'm not omniscient enough to know what that is. You know, oh, that's you know, got to take 205 hertz sure. out of the out of the acoustic guitar on the right. You know, you're it's not like, a tone I'm, meister. I'm not. I you know, I'm just. I'm not yet. I'm working towards it. But what I will do is I'll sort of I'll detect that problem, and I'll be like, okay, there's there's a low mid thing happening somewhere. Uh, let's see if it's you know, and then I'll solo up the acoustic. I'll be like. Am I kind of hearing that thing there? And this is quick. I'll solo it for like two steamboats and then back to the mix, right? And then I'll be like, ah, I don't know. No, that was probably fine. I'll go to the bass. Oh, okay. I am hearing something kind of, you know, humming in the bass there that, that you know, isn't really part of that bass, core bass sound that I want. It's just kind of, it's kind of a little muffly. Okay, maybe I'll work on that. And I'll sort of, you know, very quickly... Just grab an EQ, pull out a little bit, and this is probably in solo uh, or in context, and then pop it back in context. Yeah. Um, so I'm talking about using solo for seconds at a time to find uh, and as, as little as possible. Yeah, just yeah. To, to sort of to find something to see what something is. Um, but yeah, I mean, ideally, if you can be sort of messing around with the EQ, pulling things up, you know, bumping up frequencies, and be like, oh, there's when I push up. 300 it all of a sudden goes woo or whatever it's the wrong tone for that yeah. but you know what i mean it's like you could do that stuff outside of solo mode right while the mix is playing uh and make those moves and actually hear the problem 
uh, change or get solved by you know making those yep. cuts. So yeah. sometimes um, you're just yeah, cutting so I, things just because you're like, there's something there, but I can't figure out what it is. Yeah, no. trying to find that stuff in context. Yes, I will pop in a solo for a few seconds here and there just to sort of make sure that I'm actually working on the thing I think I'm working on. Yeah, um, and and you know for sure, but. Uh, you know, sitting there for the first fifteen minutes of your mix with your kick drum soloed is like is it's just it's not <laughs> necessarily um, the most productive sort of way to spend that time. Um, just get those faders up, start EQing once you start to hear uh, problems and compress when you start to hear problems. Um, yeah. Um, okay, number three, don't boost too much top end with EQs. And this kind of f- folds right back into using solo too much. Because when you got something soloed and you start boosting the top. Oh, baby. Man, does that sound good. That feels good, man. Tickles your start, fucking ears. Oh, yeah. You start boosting that top end on that vocal or that acoustic or whatever in solo. It's like, yeah, give it all to me. Yeah. Um, and then inside of the mix, all of a sudden, in comparison to all the other elements, this thing is, you know, is is super thin and, and everything else is kind of starting to sound a little woofy and honky in comparison and all of a sudden you're just all out of whack so um don't push too much top i try to limit myself again this is just you know not a um not a hard and fast rule but i try to limit myself to like three to six db in either direction if i'm doing a boost or a cut on an eq i've heard that before yeah i've heard that from multiple people yeah and i just think like if you're doing more than that you have a, a a real good reason for it, um, and and you're and you you're aware that you know this is a massive move, and it's like you're you're really trying to fundamentally change the sound that you're working on, rather than sculpt it a little bit to sort yeah. of make it fit better. Um, so, especially when boosting top end, if you're pushing. You know, more than six dB at, at like ten k or or you know fifteen k or or uh, I mean in the in the mid range at like three k or something like you're gonna you're gonna have a really dramatic effect there. So again, just make sure you're doing it in context and it'll make sense. But if you're doing that stuff in solo mode, no, not so great. And the other thing with EQ boosting is that it does add sort of a little bit of like noise to the sure. signal for heard, for lack of a better word. With phase too. I guess so. I don't really know, like I exactly physically how it works. Yeah, a video clip. Okay. Once again, if uh, we were a more legit podcast, uh, I would have this reference on hand. Yeah, uh, but I'm fairly certain that he did. You know how you can? Well, I guess you can consolidate now with your plugins. He like yeah. compared the phase of the track, like looked at the waveform. Uh, mm-hmm unequed and eq'd and consolidated the one and and lined up the waveforms and it, it did adjust it uh but mm-hmm. it was a drastic like it was a very drastic like move you know what i mean um i could be super wrong this could be fucking no i think you're i think that's something that mathematically is just how like eqs work yeah i don't know is they have they to work. yeah i i mean i'm I, i'm i don't really either you're not a science but- man to, to to make different frequencies uh, get louder or quieter, you got to kind of mess with that uh, part of the signal. Um, 
So I just find if you're pushing a lot of top end on a lot of, on, on, on a lot of different elements, it just kind of gets a little bit smeary or something up top, yeah. you know? Um, so also choose your spots, right? Like the vocal. Yeah, that can have some top end. That's the main sort of part. You know, some of the instruments that are um, occupying that upper space of a mix, like a shaker or an acoustic, um, you know, those can those can have a little added top if they need it. Shaker ge- generally doesn't. Uh, acoustic generally does. Um, you know, cymbals can sometimes, don't always. Um, but, you know, something like a bass... I mean, you could push top on it. You could push top on a bass, but just be aware that now it's 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 in that space. You know, if it's like a pick attack or something, that can be cool. But it's now in that space with the acoustic, right? So it's yeah. like, you know, you gotta you gotta sort of be aware of of, of who's who's uh, you know who's where and what their their you know role is in the uh, in the performance and all the rest of that. Similarly, you know, you don't need to go pushing low end on an acoustic guitar if there's a bass in the mix. Sure, the bass is yeah. doing that. So. Uh, but in solo, sounds really good to do nice and the full. push low in on a acoustic guitar. So, uh, again, it's kind of all of this can just be uh, uh, distilled to into just never solo. But uh, yeah, um, cool. And oh yeah, and one other note is like yeah, on my mix bus I have a 10k boost uh, for about 4 dB, just a broad boost, um, and this sort of eliminates the need. To throw an EQ on every single channel yeah. and boost high end, you know it's baked right in from the get go. Um, you could boost high end on the stuff that actually needs it, and the rest of your mix, you know, will have a, a brightness to it. Um, uh, by now, default. I haven't watched the ten step mix video in a while uh, on a YouTube <laughs> channel. Oh uh, yeah, ten good. step mix. <laughs> yeah, on Music Guy, uh, Music Guy podcast I, YouTube. Yeah, I think we have a. I think that's an episode as well, but. Uh, do you, you, you do mix bus first? Yeah. Uh, that, my template is pretty different now from what it was in that video. That was several years ago, but yeah, I, I start with, um, I start with a mix bus. I basically just like stole an Andrew Shep's template from sure. pure mix. Well, I didn't steal it. I paid for the service and they give you one. They give you like a, a download of it. Uh, and I sort of worked from there. So there's a mix bus. There's a couple of like parallel buses for for drum compression, um, and yeah, those are the things that have plugins on them um, from the get go. And then from there, uh, the vocal is sort of the first thing that I'm really working heavily on in terms of yeah compression EQ stuff like that. Uh, and then the other instruments after that. And so yeah. essentially, yeah, the mix bus pops on with that boost. And then after that, each individual track has received that that high frequency boost, and you generally aren't fucking putting too much high end on other stuff unless it's very Precisely. specific. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, very yeah. fucking cool. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a great. Yeah, if, if folks out there aren't using like mix bus EQ and compression and stuff like that, definitely look into that because it saves you a lot of. Um messing about with your individual tracks when everything's just sort of hitting uh, a good sounding uh, mix bus. It sort of just brings everything together in a nice way. Um, Okay, next one, number four. Mix on speakers instead of headphones where possible. Uh, And this is one that I struggle with because my headphones are so awesome, you know? Yeah, you do have a good pair. 
headphones are fun, man. And they're comfortable and you don't have to worry about anybody else in your, you know, house or apartment or whatever hearing what you're doing. Like, yeah. um, so I know, you know, not everybody's got speakers as an option, but if you have them, uh, use them, man. Uh, headphones are a great tool for hearing low end detail. They're great for editing. They're great for working late at night. They're great for working on the go. Um, but I find that the immersive experience of headphones can make it difficult to maintain perspective uh, when mis- mixing. It's just, it's too awesome. You're like inside the sound. And you sure. Just, everything, when I'm listening on, on these, I got the Sennheiser uh, 650s. It's like everything I do sounds good. It's like everything sounds awesome. It's just like, man, that's so cool. This is so cool. I'm going to put all this reverb on this. I'm yeah. Put yeah. all this delay on I this. I find reverbs and delays talk. are fucking... Yeah, it's like night and yeah. day on speakers. One thing also, too, if you're mixing at the right level, you don't need to worry about people around you unless it's like sleepy time. You know, like unless yeah. you, it's this late, you're fucking mixing super loud and don't be fucking dumb. Mix at a reasonable Yeah, absolutely. Volume. Absolutely. You don't need to mix loud. Um, in fact, you should mix at a sub-conversational level. Um and that will definitely help with that. Also, like my speakers are HS fives. I've mentioned this on the previous podcast. Little boys. So, like, they don't. Yeah, they're pretty small. They don't. They don't emit a lot of bass, a lot of low end. So there's not a lot of problem with um, transmission of sound. Um, but throw the headphones on to check the bass, to check the low mids, to turn it up loud and see what it sounds like loud. Like definitely use headphones. But man, speakers just reveal so much. Uh, to me and I've spent hours mixing a track on headphones only to throw it on the speakers and be like wow I need to change everything yeah, about this yeah <laughs> um, I just wasted hours and I find that it translates better too like when you go to your car when you go to your like boombox or your sound bar or whatever in your house or or your phone speaker uh it translates better if I've been working on speakers I'm like okay that sounds like what I expected it would sound like whereas on headphones it's like it's, it can be night and day. Yeah. Um, so, be uh, yeah. Mix on your speakers. They're, they're awesome. Um, and if you can't hear the bass, put the headphones on or roll your chair back, and you'll hear the bass. Uh, mix with your ears, not your eyes. This is a big one. Number five. I'm very guilty of this. Oh man, I'm so guilty. Man, Pro Tools gives us so much visual information. Yeah. It's like. How do you not, you know, human beings are visual creatures. Like, how do you not use that? And it's 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 very useful, right? But, um, you know, if you start thinking about where the numbers on the, you know, the faders or whatever, or the plugins should be, quote unquote, or you're like, oh, well, I always set this to this, so, like, I'm just going to do that, and I'm not going to pay attention to what it's actually sounding like. Um, you know, you want to use the visual indicators on Pro Tools to avoid clipping, uh, to sort of know your ballpark ranges for what you know you're usually trying to do, like like I said, three to six dB of boosting or cutting is kind of a a big move. You know, you want to know that stuff. It's good to have that visual aid, but at the end of the day, like nobody's looking at your Pro Tools session when they're listening to the song. They should right? be, so, man. Like they don't know where your stuff was set to. <laughs> so uh, it's, it doesn't matter. It matters what it sounds like, right? You know what? I'm super um, guilty of this. Compressors. Yeah. I, like, to be honest, I, I fucking don't know what I'm doing with an EQ in, enough that, like, I'm never like, ooh, I'm going to get this frequency and, and fucking, you know, I always put 3 dB on that. I'm not mixing enough to really have that, but with mm-hmm. compressors, it's always like, 
well, how much is that cutting off? Oh, is that cutting off three? Ooh, that, that, that sounds like the right amount, but, and then also to like, where is it engaging? You know, I use the, I think it's the Dyne three all the time. You had mentioned it before. Uh, mm-hmm. but I'd like, that's my main compressor that I use. And I'm always like looking to set the threshold for when it's, you know, engaging. But then when I listen sometimes, I'm like, that meter that pops on or the, the thing that, you know, shoots up when it starts to compress. Sometimes yeah, game reduction. Yeah, sometimes it starts compressing, I think, before that. At least sometimes it sounds like it is. You know what I mean? Mm. So it's not always, like, accurate. Um, yeah. I don't know. But uh, I'm really guilty of it with compressors. Yeah, I mean, even just having a plug-in on your track, and if it's, quote-unquote, not doing anything visually, it can still definitely be having an effect on the sound, right? Yeah. So... Absolutely. And then, I mean, yeah, like with compressors, like I, I look at gain reduction all the time. I'm like, yeah. okay, yeah. I'm kind of looking for three. I'm kind of looking for six here. You know, on a vocal, you can go a bit more crazy than that or whatever on the, on a bus, you know, you don't want to, uh, like the mix bus, you don't want to be pushing too much past three. And these are all great ballparks. And like when you're watching YouTube videos or watching mix with the masters or pure mix or whatever, and you, I, I'm, of course, I'm taking note of, yeah, when you know this person's compressing, they're they're only hitting this much uh, game reduction or what have you. Like, of course, I'm looking at that stuff, and I have that stuff in mind all the time. But it's just if something's not sounding right, uh, you got to break out of that sort of sure. that that mold of being like, well, I always do this, and it's like, well, you know, maybe not this time. You know, the sound sources that we're working on are never the same. So why should our 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 settings and habits sort of always be the same, right? It doesn't make any sense. You, uh, don't but we get, get into these things where you're like, well, it worked last time when I did this, yeah. so I'm going to do it again, you know? You don't get all um, of your tracks professionally recorded at Abbey Road and through analog gear. <laughs> Even or, if I did, they'd be yeah. different every time. This different is players. True. This is true. Different instruments, different weather that day, you know? Um, or whatever. So, um, yeah, so one thing that I, uh, again, don't do enough, but should do more is take a listen to the song front to back, eyes closed, and sure. just make sit there and just make mental notes. So it's like, okay, feels like the vocal's a bit too loud. Okay, I'm gonna just put that in my back pocket. Okay, kick drum, kick drum's maybe a bit bit too quiet. Why well, would bring that up? Oh, that guitar lick, that was way too loud. That guitar lick that came in verse two, that's way never. too loud. Okay, when you get to three, yeah, never, that's never true. Uh, when you get to three things, stop, make the adjustments you want to make, go back to the beginning, press play, eyes closed, you know what I mean? Uh, and that's, a, I think, a UBK thing, actually. Sure. I remember um, them talking about, but um, it's just, it, it, again, it's just when you're making decisions based on like, well, you know, this. I think this should be, uh, this loud or that loud or whatever, uh, with your eyes, it's like you've 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 lost uh, <laughs> you've lost the, the path, you know. So, yeah. yeah. Um, number six, take breaks. Uh, try to get get up, walk around, stretch, get a glass of water, have a snack, um, listen to something other than music for a second, have a conversation with somebody. Um, you know, you shouldn't be sitting staring at a screen for longer than, I don't know, 30 to 45 minutes anyways. So, um, yeah, take breaks. It's massive. Uh, and I kind of, you get a feeling, you know, I get a feeling at 
It's like, all right, I, I just I, the next move I make, I don't think I know why I'm doing it, and sure. that's when I know I need to take a break. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and just walk away, come back, you'll get some perspective. It's good, you know. But what yeah, when you're makes go ahead. me think of that. Is if you ever heard of Pomodoros? Mm-mm. It's a part of that stupid fucking hustle culture, which I feel like sometimes I kind of <laughs> sound like I'm like super into on this podcast, and maybe was yeah. earlier in the podcast. But it it actually does work for productivity pretty well. Is you do 25 minutes of work and I think five minutes of break and five minutes of mm. like get up and do something else, you know, like yeah. Um, and uh, I found for learning tunes, huge difference. Because right. the five minutes of break feels like enough, like you don't want to stop and you feel guilty stopping. Therefore, when you come back, you're like, there's a sense of urgency. But it's not like right. a negative thing. But also, too, it does give you a break perspective-wise. You know what I mean? You're not just just like almost, you're not acting out of, you're not reacting. You know, you're like, it's very conscious when you come back. I don't know. Totally. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. yeah. The fact that you like want to get back to it because you haven't burnt yourself out on it. Yeah. 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 That's huge. Yeah. And uh, go outside too. I didn't say that. Oh. Take a break. Go outside. Get some fresh air. I have a go beautiful backyard that I have not oh, yeah. maintained. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, number seven. We're almost there. We've got two more to talk about oh, here. I got, seven. One out. I got one out. Okay. Two. You got one. All right. Do you want to jump in with one right now? Oh, well, I mean, if I, if I may. Yeah, hit me. One thing that I need to follow better is uh, level matching. Okay, what do you mean by that? So, like, I'll set up a compressor or I'll set up, like, a an effect, like a gain effect maybe, and when I bypass that effect, it's going to be, like, 2 dBs quieter. So, like, when I put on the effect, mm. it's, it's louder. So then when yes. I listen to it, I'm like, oh, it sounds better. You know what I mean? Yes, and I do that with a compressor as well. Like I didn't, I still have troubles knowing what a compressor, ugh, compressor sounds like. Uh, but when I match them, and even when I can like A B, you know, the the exact same hit, you know, yep. at, at the same level, it's like oh, that has more attack, but it's perceivably the same volume. Uh, it makes a huge difference because things that are louder sound better, right? So. That's right. You don't level yep. match them. You can't tell if you're making it better or just louder. Right. Uh, great point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, just to be clear, like you, the the way you do this by using the output knob. Almost every plugin has one. Yes. Um, using the output knob, usually turning it down such that when you bypass that plugin, the volume of your source is roughly the same as it was when the plugin was on. I have um, a, a beef to pick with plug, plug-in manufacturers as well. Now, I think okay. this might be a, a little bit of a conspiracy uh, that I'm making up in my own mind. Uh, I don't know if it's real. Do you find that most plugins, when you open them, are set to be like a dB or 2 dB louder? 100%. Yeah, And it's so... It makes it seem like the they're plug The worst ones are the, uh, the CLA compressors. Yeah. From waves, so you it, pop those on, your source is twice as loud right away, and, and you're like, "Oh yeah, this is rocking." That's what I mean. Yeah. So it's like, "Oh, this yeah. plugin's really working." Like even just yeah. throwing it on, you know, like out the gate sounds great. Those motherfuckers, yeah. they're trying to yeah. get your money. Oh yeah, fuck those yep. guys. Fuck no, you, Chris Lord Algae. It's, it's true. Don't be uh, don't be fooled by by volume. Um, 
Turn that back. Yeah, make sure when you bypass things, uh, try your best. I mean, it's not always possible. Yes. There's certain situations where, um, yeah, there's like Lo-Fi is actually a plugin that doesn't have an output game, which not. is really annoying. Yes. Um, yes. I don't know how hard that would be to, to integrate there. Avid, but, uh, you know. And the other thing, too, is a, a mix control. Man, those are nice. Almost all plugins that get made now oh, have yes. a mix control. Yes. Where you can just put them to 50% or 25% or whatever. So you're you're blending them in with your signal rather than just putting them on the whole yeah. signal. Man, that is a nice function. It's, it's a fun feeling, too, when you have a chain of plugins. And I'm pretty sure the hotkey for Pro Tools is Windows. And then you click... It's like the command the Windows key, the command key. I think yeah. when you click on it, it turns off every plugin on that channel. Is that it? Yes. Yeah. Um, I think it's Shift. Well, if you have the track selected, it's Shift A. Okay, is the one that I know. Where like, it'll, yeah, it'll turn all your plugins off. When yeah. you can go from plugins all on to plugins all off, and you can hear mm-hmm. it's not louder. It's just different, and yep. like you can be like, did I make this better as a whole from these like seven plugins or did i yeah. make it worse or did i just change and it? better yet you can do that in context of the mix yes yes yeah so that has been a big thing for me it takes a little bit of time though to you you know if you change the mix on a compressor it's like oh now it's louder fuck i have to turn down the output gain yeah, yeah. but what but it, it is it, you're very right though it's very worthwhile to do that i found it especially helpful with eqs sure um oh my god to do yes. that because like you know, like then you really get the sense of uh, boosting and cutting too, right? Like, yeah. so if I cut uh, a bunch of like 200, 300 um, on a vocal or something with an, uh, with an EQ, it'll get quieter. If I bypass 100%. that in and out, I'll, I'll hear it getting quieter, which makes sense. I'm cutting part of the sound out. Um, so then I can push up the output gain on the EQ and then I can bypass it and it's like, okay, it's roughly the same volume. But it's and now it, it sounds it ends up sounding like you boosted top end, right? Because sure. what you did was you took out bottom end and you turned it up, which is kind of the same as as boosting top end, right? So you can really hear the effects of a cut uh, and uh, the effects of a boost. If you boost and then bring the volume back on the output gain, then you'll sort of hear what that's really doing, rather than like you're saying, just making it louder in some yeah. way. Um, if is, you yeah, could automatically, if you could invent an algorithm that automatically did this on every plugin ever in real time, you'd make some serious coin. That'd be dope. Yeah, yeah, that would be really. I mean, yeah, they're pretty. Feel like the the whole perceived loudness concept is pretty well yeah. boiled down. Yeah. You know, in, into the whatever loudness units, uh, full scale, and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I think that would be a a thing that could be done. Um, there is, um, on a couple of the the compressors, the couple of wave compressors have like automatic output gain, but it still makes it, still makes it louder. Of course, it of course. Um, <laughs> um, all right, number seven, listen on other systems. Listen in your car. Uh, listen on your phone. Listen on your headphones. Yep. Listen on your sound bar. Uh, go for a walk, listen on your AirPods, whatever. Um, it's annoying. I never want to do it. I never want to like print my mix and then yeah. send it to myself and then listen. But it is easier than ever on you know with the internet to do this. I just upload it to Google Drive and and you know just connect with my phone and and whatever. Uh, and it's it's really you got to do it. Um, 
and I got to force myself to do that more before I send a mix out because every time I end up doing that, I hear another two or three things. It's like, oh man, I really want to change that. Yeah. And I really want my mixes to be good when I send them out. Uh, And of course I'm going to get feedback and then that's all part of the process and it's very helpful. What if you don't? But what if you don't get the feedback? What if they're like, yeah, it sounds great and it sounds good, but there's a glaring problem with it that you would have heard had you been in your car. There you go. The the what if. I wish that you could hook your phone, like I'm sure you can, hook your phone up as a direct speaker from Pro Tools. That would be so handy. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, that would be good. I don't know. Yeah, I used to have like an old computer speaker, like, um, I don't even know what the brand would have been, but you know, remember from like the 90s or whatever? Of course. Yeah. Um, And I, I had an output from my like... Uh, interface going to that so I could just turn that on at any point and just hear what it would sound like. Yeah. That. And that was somewhat useful some of the time. Um, but uh, yeah, make sure you listen on other systems. It's kind of a pain in the butt and it kind of disrupts the workflow and everything, but it's part of the process. We've got to do it. Um, last one from me, and then I'll, I'll flip it to you, Mike, if you have anything else to add else. here. Reference trick. other material. Sure. I hate doing this. Yep. I hate doing this because, like, I got to pull up Spotify. I listen to some other song that's like, you know, it's just very frustrating because it's different arrangement, different elements, different tempo, different whatever. Oh, I got and something like, for this. And, 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 but it's important to do it. I always find um, things I want to change. Uh, and this is, this is a tricky one because you don't want to go too far. With this stuff, because um, like I said, everything everything about the song you're referencing is different, you know, unless you're literally trying to like do a cover version or something of, of a song, in which case, you know, you're definitely referencing the original. Um, but you, you got to try to reference material that's in the same universe as the stuff that you're working on. Um, yeah. So it's really useful to know what the artist likes in terms of like you know certain artists that they they dig or like sort of inspirations for them, um, it's also good to know what they don't want to sound too much like because um, some people are some artists are like yeah I want to sound just like artist you know X whatever um, and other artists are like yo like don't make me sound like everybody else you know I want yeah. to sound totally different uh, and you got to know that and it, there's it's not right or wrong to be in either position but. It's it's you want to know sort of where they stand on that so that you can deliver uh, a job to them that that you know they find uh, exciting and, and awesome. So you want to know that, and then yeah, you want to be listening to that stuff. I just sort of pop it on um, every now and again, uh, and just just to make sure that I'm in the same universe. Uh, and it's really tricky because Spotify's got some weird compression algorithm stuff going on, makes it really hard to. Um, know exactly you know how it's going to translate um and i have not found a good solution to that but one thing i do make sure that i do is i turn my output of pro tools down my mix bus uh is like at minus six almost all the time because mm. i mix i mix hot you know i, I want to deliver a mix that's loud as as sure, hell so sure. that when people listen to it they're like oh yeah this is rocking yeah and they're not like oh why is it so quiet when you don't want to explain to when I pull it up to this them other, also yeah, too, they might and, not know they might not be like why doesn't this sound good and it's like oh it's because it's like you know five yeah. db's quieter than most things are going to be exactly um, so just you know I'm, i mix i mix to the, to the volume ceiling and um 
then when I'm referencing against Spotify, I don't want my mix to be louder than that, uh, so I need to bring that down. I have um, something for you. So, anyways, yeah, make sure you reference, and it sucks, but you got to do it. It's uh, it is helpful. I have a plugin for you. Okay, and I, to be honest, bought it, and then it was a, just sort of when it started of me not actually really using doing a lot of mixing. But have you ever heard of reference two? By mastering the mix. No. So you put it at the end of your master bus. And uh, what it does is you can load in multiple reference tracks into it. And you can level match those reference tracks with your track. And you can flip back and forth in the Pro Tools session with uh, between the tracks. So say for instance. Yeah. So oh, what's it called? It's called Reference 2. It's $43 on Plugin yeah. Boutique. Not sponsored by, but I would love it if I was. Okay, um, but can it do that with Spotify? Because like, I don't have MP3s, go. That's man. the problem. How am I going to get MP3s? You just got to rip them off of YouTube, but then they're, you know, they're lower quality. Yeah, but then they sound like garbage. Yeah. This is the problem. This um, is the problem, guys. So somebody write in and tell me how to fix this. But I do like the sound of that plugin. That sounds really good. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great idea. I mean, if they could link it to Spotify, then you would be you'd be making some sweet cash. Oh yeah. Um, um I mean I just switched to YouTube actually, so I wonder if YouTube music lets you download um, um MP3s. You yeah. it's like getting it into Pro Tools. That's what I want to be able to do, like you're saying. Like I yeah. want to have the file in Pro Tools, flip to it. I'm listening through it through the same audio engine. I know that it's the yep, same. Yep. And then you, know, you can the the if it was on Spotify, you could flick the whole thing with this is you can upload multiple. So you can be like, oh, I want to listen to this right. song. Okay, let's compare it to that song. Okay, let's compare it to my song. And it's all yeah. time based, right? So if it's at, you know, a minute in your song, it'll be at a, a minute in, in their song. Beautiful. Um, which is fucking yeah. sick. And yeah, and I mean, this is why I say don't go too far with this in terms of like what you're gleaning from the the reference because yeah. um, if you are using Spotify or iTunes or Apple Music or whatever, like there's compression, extra compression going on with these yeah. streaming services. The quality's not the same, so like you don't need to, you know, to a to a very very fine level um, try to emulate what you're hearing. Just make sure you're in the same universe. It's like, wow, my thing sounds way darker than this thing. Maybe I need to work on that. You know, it doesn't have to be exactly yeah. the same. It's just, I mean, that being to said, you- to get crazy about it, I wonder if there's a way to buy high quality, like, wave files of popular songs. You know, if you're going to use general yeah. references to check for general things. That'd be you great. Ever, I mean, you ever do that? Well, uh, I, I feel like iTunes used to do that. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know. I mean, maybe title. Anyways, people might know about yeah. this thing right in. It's just things to think about. But, All this podcast ever is. We don't actually know what we're doing. Yeah, we don't know anything. I don't know anything about anything. Um, <laughs> that does it. That's that's all I got. That's all I have. I had one all rule: right. level matching. Level matching. That's a good one. That's a really yeah. good one. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, you know where to find us at Alro Music. On uh, social media at Bruno the Meek for Mike, um, and uh, the podcast. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Music Guy Podcast. 
Instagram, also Music Guy Podcast. Share the podcast with your friends. Let them know that it's dope. Let them know it's a real bop. It's a bop? Is um, that what the, the youngins say? Yeah. Oh. I would say that we are a bop. We are a bop. Uh, yeah. And, you know, if you want to check out the Patreon, that's that's cool. We appreciate that, too. And uh, we'll talk to you very soon. You take care now. Be good to each other out there. Bye for now. <laughs>